Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for The Relic Grind, our Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast, back from the holiday break. Hope you all had a wonderful holiday and a happy new year. You're off to a good start. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, as always. And if you're watching on YouTube or on readycheckradio.com, we appreciate it. Use those socials in the upper right of the uh, website to follow us everywhere. 650 Twitch followers closing in on 1,000. Could use your help there. Stop by. Even if you can't make it live and you're listening on Audible or watching on other platforms, thank you so much. Give it a like, a thumbs up, a subscribe, all that fun stuff. We have the Tokyo Fan Fest in the bag. We're going to talk about all of it today. Joining me, Mr. Chris Montoya, a.k.a. Tarkoth. Happy New Year, friendo. Greetings, program. So happy to be back. Happy 2024 to everyone. Every, everyone had great holidays, and uh, I'm excited to talk Final Fantasy Square Enix. Let's do it. Yeah, feels like it's the uh, last time we talked about it was like last year. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> also on the line, Mr. Paul Berlin, the Flynn one. What's up, Flynn? Yo, happy new year, everybody. It has been definitely too long since we've had a show, and there's so much fun to talk about. Yeah, get into it. Yeah, I mean, there was a period of time. Like, normally you're, you know, depending on daylight savings and stuff, sometimes you're talking to us from the future uh, a day ahead of us. There was a time that you were a full year ahead of us. I know. Just, <laughs> just a few hours. A tiny bit. Just Only a, for a, a tiny bit. <laughs> a tiny bit. For a few hours, you were a full year ahead of us. Hey, uh, before we dive into everything from the Tokyo Fan Fest, and we're going to talk about all the bits and bobs and the, the Fan Fest as a whole and everything, but there is some like more breaking news that I just want to kind of get your opinions on real quick because it kind of happened yesterday or the late the day before. I don't remember which, uh, but if you looked at fin- uh, Square Enix's release schedule, an odd appearance showed up there. Something called Final Fantasy 13 series. Oh, yes. yes and the yes. platform was PC with a release date to be determined. <clears throat> now, it's easy to yeah. look at that and just go, you know, maybe it's a PC port, but 13 series has already been available on already. PC for quite yeah. some time. So that's probably not it. Is it something new in the 13 line? Are we looking at a remaster or a remake of some type for one of the three original titles? Or are we, you know, I would say, hey, we're looking at a PS5 release, but it has platform PC uh, in in the sneak peeks that you were able to see. What do you think's going on here, Tark? Or what would you like to see go on here if they're two totally different things? Well, what actually happened is someone uh, flubbed that up, and and they're like, no, you're not supposed to put that there. <laughs> uh, we haven't announced anything officially. Why why are you putting that there? But what I'm hoping is that, yeah, we get a, a, a remaster of sorts for the entire collection. Because uh, one of the things that I think that video games has problems with is uh, preservation, uh, making things available for future generations. So having this brought up and with the HD remaster for all of them would be awesome to get them off P- the horde ps3 and bring them to right PS4, but the, the originals are already available on p on pc so the preservation They're thing's already done that's 
Yeah, whatever. Okay. I mean, it's digital. It yeah. To work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's 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 the other issue is you know the, the track history for Square Enix and PC ports has not been stellar. What do you think, Flynn? I mean, because obviously Square Enix is on this kick of remasters, reboots, uh, remakes uh, across a lot of their library. And I think generally speaking, that's a good thing, not only for Tark's game preservation point of view, which I happen to share, but also with these are some classics like, you know, the Pixel remakes. Those were very well received and well done and cool, great, fantastic. But when you look at the library, you're like, there are a lot of Final Fantasies you should be doing before 13, at least in my opinion. <laughs> I do feel like it's a case of, it's a mainline title. And that's why they're just bringing it back out. There's, uh, I would love to see a tidy port. Because everything I've heard from people who play the PC ports is, it just crashes. It can't run properly. You can't get it above a certain FPS because of the architecture that was its foundation on the ps3 <laughs> yeah and it is um, coming up on its 15th anniversary in japan yeah. so that's probably a little bigger deal there than it is here obviously uh, i like to enjoy the 13 series well to remark about your you know there's other titles that i mean they pixel remasters there's one through six seven's been available on pc and you can and there you go there that's it <laughs> now you got eight you can, nine you can nine on. we know is gonna be a thing at some point right yeah, like yeah, yeah. It, it was part and, of the nvidia got a remaster. and stuff Eight got a remaster Eight, 10 got got the hds the ps4 yeah yep. got the hd ones 12 zodiac age that's on the ps4 ps5 now so yeah i guess maybe it's time oh, 13 man that's rough that's rough give me my nine first like my true yeah. nine <laughs> you're, my you're, true you're, nine your nine remake yeah you my mean? true nine remake yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, it certainly has its audience. It's just not one of my personal favorites. You know, if, if I, I wouldn't be surprised though, Tark, if it's something in the vein that you know you you were talking about, or or maybe even Flynn, what you were talking about, like an updated PC port that yeah. isn't total garbage. Like it's still the original game. They're not really remastering it or remaking it or anything. But we're we're now going to go back and give love to this port. That's kind of been a mess for a little while uh, because it does reference series so maybe that's exactly what it is that i don't think i'd have a like if they were sinking time the last few years into a full remake or a remaster one i think we would have heard about it at least through rumors and leaks and stuff by now it wouldn't have been this accidental leak with a tbd on it for on their website so yeah anyway fan fast Real quick though, I'm looking yeah. forward to 13 remaster, you know, whole collection in one kit, um, and then releasing a physical edition for all of like three hours of pre-order. Right, um, of which they'll have 45 copies. Of which they'll have 45 copies. So, Fan Fest, the Tokyo Fan Fest, the final of the three Fan Fests is in the bag. We now know. Uh, all the additional classes, a bunch of the, we've gotten pictures, I should say, of like the raids and stuff like that. So obviously still plenty more information as far as the nitty gritty details will be unveiled between now and when Dawn Trail launches this summer. They said initially that they had a release date in mind, in mind mm -hmm. at Tokyo, but they weren't ready to reveal it. Because Yoshi P still feeling a little sting from having to delay the last expansion yeah. by two weeks. 
Uh, and so he didn't want to to revisit that. But I thought it was funny that he said something well, to the effect of, this isn't going to be on Square Enix time. It'll be on Final Fantasy fourteen <laughs> time. It is still going to be summer. I just don't want to give you the date right now. Uh, so we yeah. should have a date soonish. I do soon-ish. love how he just threw shade at his own company. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Over and over again. He's untouchable. Yeah. He's and untouchable. I mean, there's things yeah. in like other interviews that have happened since the fan fest where he was talking about like, what if he got fired or what if he didn't work there anymore? And he was like, I'd still play the game and I'd complain to the devs. Like, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. I know a little those shade. devs would listen. <laughs> right. Right. So before we get into, I'm showing the trailer, the complete trailer now. This is likely to be the last real trailer we get now before the official launch trailer uh, comes out. So all the little pieces that they've edited from previous trailers because they may have spoiled a class that hadn't been talked about yet or things like that. This is the complete shebang. I have that rolling, but before we dive into the trailer and the new class and, and things like that, Tark, what was your take of the fan fest as a whole? Uh, it was above average. You know, I thought Vegas was okay. Um, it was a good experience because I was actually there. London was just kind of rehash of some information. Uh, but we got a job reveal, so it wasn't all that much to go there. Um, but I feel like we got a good chunk of info. Uh, I, I feel more positive about it now than I did previously. Dontrail in, in general. So I, I think it's a maybe a, a B plus. Flynn, you agree? B plus ish. But yeah, around that. It, we had the shop last year, but it does feel like after what he did with Walker, we just had that one big reveal. He should just go to that and split the fan fest into just a fan festival. That's fair. Because when you're reaction over six, seven months plus. It does get samey with the show a lot. Yeah, and we like we like you said we did talk did about that. That it's like one. it's for the people that are there more than the people that are watching online. You know, the online stuff is really just to give us a reason to watch it. You know, we'll we'll save this announcement for this one and this one for this one. Uh, yeah, I mean, information wise, it could all be done in a three hour live letter but it's spread out over six hours of keynote speeches at three different fan fests months and months apart. So I do tend to agree. I don't know. This one just didn't. Okay. So let's talk about the elephant in the room first. I am seeing feedback on Reddit and on forums and, and other places where we read the Final Fantasy XIV news and feedback and things like that. There are a lot of people that are really down on Dawn Trail now. Not not slamming it, but looking at it more like this needs to be something impressive. There, there's like a, almost a, an added pressure on Dawn Trail coming from some fans. Now, obviously not all. And, and I don't think I agree to the extent I've seen anywhere on the internet where like this needs to save the game or like that type of mentality. But I think I do share some of the concerns that maybe lead to that that point of view in that there is a little bit of a concern for me that Dawn Trail is going to be a bit of a slower start than we're used to uh, when it comes to introducing key protagonists, creating a compelling, you know, us versus them, good guy, bad guy storyline. And we've kind of seen that uh, play out in these the six dot series, 
being a little more muted, a little quieter. And I know they're trying to go for a new vibe. It's te- it's the beginning of a whole new story, kind of the beginning. We've already had bits of the beginning uh, of the whole new story. But I do have concerns that maybe it's going to go a little slower than I would want it to as far as like introducing some of those key moments and key figures that we're likely to be following through the next two to three expansions. Right, rewatching the trailer again now, I'm getting a lot of Heavensward vibes. Yeah. Because Heavensward, like this, was a uh, a point where we didn't know how the story would progress. And I... With the Solution 9 stuff that I'm sure we'll get into soon. Yeah, I mean, we can throw it in here, too. Obviously, there's a lot of FF9 references all over stuff, and people keep digging and finding more and maybe even conspiracy theory making up some. (laughs) But Oh, yeah. If you look at uh, Frosty's next uh, mock talk show, it is all about Solution 9. (laughs) So, yeah, the community is definitely going ham. But, uh, yeah, it's hard to... It could probably be a slow setup, but it might kick in faster than we're predicting. But again, with Evansville, we didn't know what we'd get into. They are being quite muted with what this story will be. And that is exciting and also uh, weary at the same time. See, I don't know if I view Heaven's Word that way, though. Like going through I, I a realm, uh, yeah, going through a realm reborn. Like you immediately had the the hooks put into you with like the the Asians at the beginning and the Garleans and how they were intertwining and Ultima weapon was and the primals and the crystals and like there were clear protagonists and antagonists. We didn't know how they related. That's what we were playing through the whole story, and then even before we officially knew what heaven's word was going to be about like we all knew ishgard baby like you know this is uh, this is what's going to happen like that's the place why are we going to go there we don't know but and then as you see the story starting to unfold and new characters come in and you're like okay okay yeah that's definitely where we're going I, literally i'm like okay we're going to new world uh and yeah it's because somebody in the patch coming next week 655 on Tuesday is asking us to and we got nothing better to do so <laughs> so we go <laughs> i don't know yeah. tark what do you think um I, yeah i don't get the heaven's word vibes cuz i mean if you're looking trailer to trailer like you know why you're going to heaven's word you know, why you're going to ishgar there's dragons everywhere we got deal with all that s- stuff we're being kicked out of Eorzea, you know proper the three main city states um everything just lent itself to a big epic campaign there i'm getting more a realm Re- reborn vibes yeah where, where you literally don't know what reset. you're going into you, you don't know what you're getting to everything's being reset yeah we have a core mix of characters that we know and love but like everything's just going to be fresh and i i don't know like if people are ready for that kind of reset, it's just it, they don't know. It's like, well, it's got to be something big. I I have faith that the story is going to be good. I my concern is the game itself trying to needing to evolve with other pieces of gameplay and stuff. It, I just think they've been stuck in their routine for too long. Chat chiming in, Baron Vagabond saying, "I'm not too sure about the mix of a modern city in the settings we've we've been in so far. That's fair. It is fair. a bit of an ex- aesthetic change. 
it's a really big aesthetic change when you get to the new job. Uh, and we'll talk about that in a second. <laughs> yep. To Cal chiming in, basically, we agreed to help a friend move on our day off in this expansion. <laughs> yeah. It's the beach there, moving episode. Let's go. There's a comment I saw recently that strikes true. Like, at the end of Endwalker, MXL told us about all these little ventures we could do. We were to mention of Solution 9, a futuristic city. We would have been what Fitrick City? Let's go straight away. I saw one that it was like, what if this area is what they've been collecting all of our tombstones to build? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Why not? Why not? Speaking of the new job, let's take a look at the pick demand, sir. Uh, this is the new, the second job that will be introduced alongside Viper in Dontra, another maybe FF9 reference, depending on how far you want to dig into the, the name Viper uh, and the weapons and all that fun stuff. Uh, but Pictomance are going to be the range magic class. I already told you once we knew it was a range magic class that, yes, it's going to be max level on my account. You know, the, my black mage, right? <laughs> my red mage, my white mage. Like, range magic is my stuff. That's my jam. And the two we had that were generally kind of leading the pack with all three of us and in chat were both Pictomancer and Green Mage, right? Mostly coming from not just where we thought they were going to go, but also like the the hints in the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle shirt and, you know, thinking, okay, it could be referencing Green or it could be referencing the artists, in which case it was Pictomancer. Really only have Realm to go with that class, though. Is that one that they would put in there? Yeah, it is. Uh, that's the one they're putting in there. Uh, and it is quite the color splash, if I don't say so myself. Uh, it's very Splatoon. <laughs> it's very Splatoon in the color. I would be scared to do I-end rates with four Pictomancers with all effects on. Baron saying it looks cartoony to me. Yeah, uh, Takao, I'm Omni 90, but when I saw this, I contemplated breaking that streak. <laughs> I'll wind up leveling it, but that's it. I mean, I am interested to see how it goes because it does have a very, you, you, it does have a very blue magey mindset about it, right? In, in the the monsters yeah, bit, using yeah. the monsters and stuff like that. We'll of course talk more about limited classes in a few minutes here. Uh, I don't know. The f I, I will say this. The first time I, I was watching it live, and the first time they played the trailer, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like those effects. Like, the color splashing was just very, very jarring initially to me. Then they went through their whole slide presentation, right? And then they showed the trailer a second time now that you had the additional information. And I was it grew on me. Like, in the second trailer, I was like, okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, I could go without the color splashing of the screen. I am hopeful that that is just for the trailer, <laughs> right? Yeah. The the introduction of the trailer. So I ignored that and then started watching the effects. And I was like, okay, I can I can kind of dig this. You know, it's not as jarring the second time around. But man, Tark, the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, wow. Like, did they lose their color palette and just have to grab something else? What What happened here? <laughs> Uh, I, I was actually all for it. I was like, yeah, that's kind of anime. I really kind of dig it being something different than the normal particle effects. Uh, everyone's got slashing and explosions to have something that separates it aesthetically. I thought was awesome and still uh, is thematically part of the job. So I was like, yeah, that's, this this is actually kind of cool. 
I'm I'm all down to get this going. Uh, it it kind of reminded me of like No More Heroes, the the cell shading and the particle effect stuff. So I was like, yeah, let's let's go. Uh, I am certainly more interested in it in it uh, than I am Viper. I'm actually looking forward to messing around with Pictomancer. I really couldn't, you know, I'm lukewarm on Viper. Uh, Flynn, what would you think about the reveal, the Pictomancer itself? Were you surprised that this was the job? Like, honestly, uh, I, I kind of feel like I was. I, was I thought it would be Green Mage before this. I called this back in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, I was in the Green Mage account more for it's New World. We have Blue Mage. It sort of makes sense. Green Mage, Blue Mage, New World-esque. But I will say, like, it grows on you a bit, but in terms of uh, when we get a media tour in a few months, this is the job I'm wanting to see the most because I want to see what the actual gameplay loop is right. like. Viper, I reckon we know what it's going to be. It's going to be ninja samurai-esque mixed together, and that's what we'll get. Whereas this is unique enough that it should visually look quite appealing. Like, the Reaper rotation, if you have defects on, is quite flashy, quite over-the-top. And yeah, it, to, to Cal saying the clover, the fact that the clover is equipped with uh, yeah for this job is like yeah, sort of charring. Kryle is becoming a Pictomancer. Uh, it's also Yay. revealed in the new key art as well. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I am looking forward to it. Then we got some I areas. The clover will be the job stone. Maybe. Oh, uh, maybe. Uh, then we got new areas. We got to see uh, Toral, and then, of course, you know, the new town, Solution 9, uh, which has caused quite the buzz, uh, describing mm. it as a city of towering facades constructed by an entirely different civilization uh, than the than of uh yeah i mean they're looking nice it 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 is again a a bit of a jarring uh aesthetic change but you know kind of makes sense whole new world it's gonna have a totally different look a totally different culture this one here's the one thing i will say about this talk i don't know if you'll agree with this or not every expansion we've done so far you've been able to in these very first trailers not after you get into it but like in these very first trailers You've been able to look at them and be like, okay, that's inspired by European Gothic times. That's inspired by a Far East uh, aesthetic, you know, pagoda type structures, things like that. This one, not so much. <laughs> not, not so much. There's definitely some inspirations okay. there, but it's not like yeah. flooded with them like some of the previous new zones have been. Yeah, uh, my first takeaway is this is is inspired by destiny lifefall we are going to neptune <laughs> that's <laughs> there you go there you go. just don't vault it that was my first thought i'm like it's it's there's a crossover happening for a whole zone i didn't didn't expect that let's go yeah talk when it, i went to final fantasy 8 with Vesta city <laughs> lots of nine references lots of nine references uh, of course, we got a little peek at Dungeons. I'm not showing all the B-roll for all of this stuff because some of it was very short. Some of it was just fly-through stuff uh, that really didn't show much at all. But we got uh, new dungeons, uh, new raids. I will show this image, though. Did I? Uh, I guess I forgot to grab that one. Uh, my bad. Of the uh, Arcadian, the, the eight-player raid. 
which oh the RTX 10,000 yeah which is just turned into a, a meme of its own you know we're gonna be raiding somebody's PC uh, yeah it's turned into a music with all the RGB well. and, the, and the cooling fans uh, uh, Flynn and I joked that uh, the raid is not gonna actually be a, a normal raid uh, the raid and whether you succeed or not is the fact you can actually load it <laughs> right it all depends on your graphics card Tease on the Echoes of Vanadiel Alliance Raid. That's the one I'm really looking forward to the most. But that comes from a deep, deep love of Final Fantasy XI. I know many people may not share that, but there's a lot of us that are probably, yeah, buddy, on that one. Uh, and then Eden Futures Rewritten, the next ultimate raid. What'd you think there, Tark? Uh... So, Fru was not on the bingo card. I think that was the joke, right? Uh-huh. Fru was not on the bingo card. The fact that they skipped any additional content from Stormblood, I kind of hoped for, like, a Four Lords, uh, with the ending being the the big bad that we didn't actually get to fight. So, uh, they're skipping that. They're going right to Shadowbringers uh, with Eden. And uh, I have high hopes for it. They're, they do really well with their ultimates, uh, for the most part. Um, I just hope that that difficulty isn't keep ramping up so it's like this is the most hard this is the most hard to the point where no one can actually finish it it's just to cal saying i'm really uh, debating subbing to 11 for a few months to at least understand what's happening well okay the way you play that might be enough (laughs) to at least get a core understanding of some of the bigger things in the world particularly shadow lord and stuff like that from the early the early content in the game the way you play, I f- I'm confident you can, but the I might say a little longer than that for others that are, would be playing at a little more casual place, uh, casual pace. Yeah, Shadow Lord's going to be the biggie, right? We've already seen that in the the art that they showed off uh, at FanFest, so that would get you through what I think that's your rank five mission. So yeah, 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 a month or two. The way it's structured now, you're fine. The way it was structured back then, not so much. Not so much. <laughs> uh, as as far as the alliance raid, like if the first boss isn't fighting against play online to uh, start your account, <laughs> it's you get, just the you know, play loaded. online logo. Um, <laughs> like I'm gonna be disappointed because that was the first b- real boss. It's very it's Omega. It just turns into the, the play online logo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, looking forward. And then female Rothgar. Yeah, Paul, you uh, you rolling up Giddy. a female Rothgar? Uh, no, I'm sticking <laughs> to my uh, Highlander. <laughs> but as soon as we had Judge Armor added to the game, I went from my uh, male Makoti that the wife had me great to uh, Highlander said, I'm not having a tail, I'll win my Judge Armor, and I'm going to be tall. And I left it at that. I made a bold added the limited beards we have in the game. We had small beards, Yoshi P. Check more beard options, please. So is female Rothgar the final race or not? Right? <laughs> no. Like we have heard uh, we've heard Yoshi P say before that it's done. Like that's it. Yeah. And in content that came out uh, from FanFest and after FanFest, he's quoted as saying, making a new race is really hard. And I have said continually throughout these 10 years that this would be the last one when he introduced the female Rothgar mm-hmm. in the in the sure. presentation. He's, but then he went on and continued to say, I'd like to say that this will be the last one, but perhaps I can't. 
<laughs> he's been saying it was going to be the last one for a while, and yeah. then he opens that can of worms by saying, maybe I can't say that. Maybe what I can't. When you say open a can of worms, he just knows we can bully him into new stuff. <laughs> hey, guys. If we're loud enough, he will have to do it and go, why? I'll, I'll just leave it with this. Like, flying is not going to be a part of Realm Reborn Zones. I'm sorry. It's just, it's too much time and effort to do that. Oh, wait. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> I remember, like, oh, this is going to sound really dumb. Like, when World of Warcraft uh, brought flying in, and then years and years later, they put it in classic, right? Well, I shouldn't say classic because that's now a thing. Uh, they put it in vanilla in the retail world. Like, for the longest time, you could not fly in those zones. Same thing as in Final Fantasy, when you could not fly in the Realm Reborn zones. And, like, for Final Fantasy, it was different reasons, right? But I thought it was super interesting, like, way back in the day, because my mind, like, I know how to program software, but I'm not an artist. I, I'm not a 3D modeler or anything like that. And so it was really interesting to see, like, if you could fly in these zones, would you really want to? And, like, they move <laughs> the camera up, and there's, like, nothing on top of buildings. There's no roofs. It's, it's just, like, 2D polygons that are just smashed up against each other. And it's like, oh, my God, I never even thought of that's why you can't fly in those zones, because it was never <laughs> designed <laughs> to be viewed from that angle. Yeah, with the flat eagles. Yeah, the grapes. The grapes. <laughs> kind of like grapes. the grapes. Yeah. Kind of like the grapes. Speaking of grapes. Uh, I got my grapes. <laughs> Speaking of graphics, though, they did show off a little bit mm. of the uh, graphical update. And there was really one big thing yes. that I was really happy to hear him say. I was really happy to hear Yoshi P say. So they were showing off like before and afters. And I'm going to show one or two here while we're talking. Uh, but when he said, um, historically, we just have not been good at displaying dark-skinned characters. Like, like just, yep. it was so matter-of-fact, straight to the point. Like, he didn't try to sugarcoat it. He didn't try to, you know, PR speak it or anything. Just, away. Yeah, yeah, or, or uh, you know, get just whatever. It was very, very uh, nice to hear him say that. He's just like inserting certain lighting conditions uh, and stuff like that. We've just been bad at it. And we're going to rectify that with the graphical overhaul while we're in here doing this. That's yeah. good. That's good. I like the acknowledgement, and I like that they're doing something about it. This has been a big piece of feedback that he's gotten for years. I do like that it's acknowledged and that they're doing something about it. Oh, yeah. Um, but what do you think of the graphics overhaul as a whole? I mean, we kind of got like still shot comparisons, right? And I'm showing some of them, yeah. and it's most noticeable yeah. in these in the hair, right? That's where you the see hair. you can readily see some of yeah. this stuff. And textures across the board. Like a lot yeah. of times, like look at the faces, the air face okay, but look at our buckle. Look at our piece buckle. of leather. Yes. <laughs> the definition and leather, the definition and, and shininess of uh, you know, accessories and like buckles. Um, I, I was noticing a lot more on lips, uh, seeing the depth in, yeah. in the character's eyes. The hair was, you know, the front thing. Um, but yeah, the the darker skin tone, uh, Flynn and I both said the darker skin tone on both the Lollafell and the female Makote were just, I was just like, that is awesome. That it, it looks so good. Uh, and 
yeah, they're, I'm glad that they acknowledge it and they work on it and they're following through. Yeah, I wish they showed the Dawson Lalafell doing the UK Fan Fest because I still can't tell the difference outside the years a bit with a light skin Lalafell. It looks the same. At least with the yeah. dark skin, you can see the definition near yeah. the nose. There's a difference there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I don't one more thing about this. Potato. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Mark. <laughs> Uh, and I tweeted this like you could shine up uh, a lollafell, but it is still at the end of the day a potato. Yeah, I've already seen those going memes on too, where it was like the graph, the this image here, or one of these images, like this one, where the second one is just a potato, shiny uh, oh, potato. Yeah, I've already <laughs> seen these. The uh, so I actually tweeted uh, while we were on break about the graphics update because I had I was doing the what was I doing? I was doing the Christmas event, right? And you had to put on the Santa gear and go talk to people, do things, and then come on back for that one, right? And uh, my chest, legs, and boots armory chest was full. And I didn't realize that those three slots were, were full in the armory chest. So it dumped the, those, piece, those three pieces into my inventory. And that's when I noticed it. And I was like, ah, damn it. Okay, no problem. I got to switch and put this gear on. And uh, I, it's been so long since this was an issue. You know, I quick click on it to equip, and it's like, ah, uh, can't, because you don't have a spot in your armory chest to dump the piece of equipment that you're wearing for it to go. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch. Immediately, I went to Twitter, and I was just like, you know what? Keep the graphics update. I just want this. I want a collections tab. Keep your graphics update. Just give me a collections tab and do away with the armory chest. I'm so done with this damn stupid thing. I hate the way Final Fantasy 14 does gear. I hate it. And inventory. I hate it. Anyway. Yeah. It does look yeah. nice. I agree. It does look I nice. I agree with you. All right, so we got Solution 9. We got yes. Viper. We got mm -hmm. we got all these other things. Right? What are you thinking on the whole FF9 conspiracy stuff, Tark? It's not a conspiracy. Oh, That's it's conspiracy. Game is. It's conspiracy. It's just how this game is. I mean, maybe they pull some elements from the story to bring in there, and I'm not, I haven't finished nine, so I'm just taking what friends have told me what the story is, but they could absolutely make that fit in 14's world, and it feels like it belongs. So. But that's what this game is, is, is fan service for the most part. Look at Endwalker. It's the Final Fantasy IV expansion, for crying out loud. So if they do that for nine, then awesome. Um, do I hope it leads to finally an announcement on nine remake? Hell yeah. Let's go. Tie that in. Make those dollars. I'm going to sneeze, but it, it won't come out right now. So I'm like in that weird <laughs> position where I'm like, I'm, I know it's just going to happen. I know it's just going to happen. Kill up him under that one. Uh, my son Torchwick was talking to me when we were watching some of this stuff, and he, he said there's a friend of his that they're friends in all things except Final Fantasy XIV uh, because his friend's getting real sick of all the nods to other Final Fantasies. And I was like, but what? Uh, how how long have you played this game? <laughs> uh, you, um, um, you do know that our very, like, first crossover was a different final fantasy game right like they were exceedingly upset at the six dot series being all final fantasy 4 all final fantasy 4 they did not like that so him and that friend like they don't talk about 14 
they, that's that's a soft uh, soft spot for them. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna sneeze, man, and it is killing me. Uh, Six point five coming this week. Tark, talk about it. Uh, Six point five. We've got uh, Hildebrand. Uh, further, somehow, further adventures of Hildebrand, and I think we're gonna get a trial uh, for yeah, Asura. Asura. Uh, we're gonna get our last step of the relic. Uh, whatever the you know, form that takes, Mandeville weapons, aka uh, get 1500 tombstones. Yep, get 1500 tombstones. I know that's going to be you know <laughs> such a grind, you know, the relic grind that we are all a part of here. Um, I hope everyone's looking forward to that piece of content because uh, collecting tombstones is engaging gameplay. Uh, what else do we got? Uh, last bit of story to get us to uh, 7.0. Uh, hopefully, there's more minions. Uh, oh, there will be because they have the, the, the alliance quests. Yeah, not two. Yeah, oh, there's the definitely going to be minions go. in there because we got the alliance yeah. quests going on. Yeah. And then we have the uh, Final Fantasy 16 that. crossover. Yeah, in April. In yes, April. yes, yes. Yeah, tease. yeah be... So I'm so hyped for this. Yeah. Mount, Mount Minion, Torgo, let's go. Yeah, Tor the Torgo Mount and Minion is pretty badass. I. I I don't know. Like I was watching this the the video here that I'm showing Flynn, and I was like, "Wait, are we? Is it just is is there going to be just a special Afrit fight again? This is kind of weird. This is like, hey, you have an event based on a trial you already beat <laughs> forever ago." <laughs> well, say could be true in the fifteen crossover. We had another crew to fight. That's true. That is true. Yeah. No, this, but what this is, is part of the is they're replaced the, uh, the Ifrit with this Ifrit. Fancy it, but we did get uh, from Mitsu interview with Yoshi P that said we could do a second 16 DLC uh, crossover because this uh, is coming I up before the PC port, it doesn't want any spoilers, so it's like I could do another one down the line, maybe. <laughs> oh, like that would just be a rerun, they're not doing a different 16. There's Torgal, there's Torgal. That's who I was waiting translations. for. Yeah. Possible mistranslations. They're fun. Uh, Xbox beta in February. Next month. Awesome. O open beta. I will be trying it out. During the 6.5x cycle. Uh, 4K resolution on the Xbox Series X. Open beta. Do you think that's going to bring a lot of new players to the game, Flynn? There's a chance for it. That's as much yeah. as we could say. It's like, obviously, there's going to be people like us that like play on multiple platforms, right? And so we kind of yeah. link our accounts sure. and go do things here and there. But like, as I'm talking, brand new people that never played before or maybe tried it once on something, but then never stuck with it. Do you think Xbox brings? While I am all in favor, by the way, of it being on Xbox, 100 percent in favor of it. Uh, I want things to be on all platforms when possible. But from a numbers standpoint, do you think it brings a lot of brand new players to Final Fantasy XIV? bring in at least a few, especially people who still are, this is my console, I play on nothing else, and may have played eleven back in the day when it was on the 360, but I haven't been able sure. to go into fourteen because they refused to buy a PlayStation, don't want to mess with a PC, but wanted a new MMO to play. So there's definitely some people coming. That's 17 people talking to Paul. I don't know. I would be... Is better than zero. <laughs> Tark, I'd be really interested to see the numbers in the back end. Again, I'm all in I favor of it being on the platform. 
but I'm super curious about like the the ROI, right? The return on investment. Like how long and how many conversations and how much work it takes to get there versus what you anticipate getting out of that in potential new subscriptions and uh, expansion purchases and cash shop purchases and stuff like that. I mean, they're never going to share that data. It's wishful pipe think a uh, pipe dream in, in, on my side, but I would love to get a hold of that data. If it was like we had it on PC, a year and a half later it was on PlayStation, a year and a half later it was on Xbox. That, to me, that's then yes. then I'm like, yeah, yeah, you absolutely do this. The only reason I'm super curious and maybe a little doubtful is because of how big the gap is. I feel like if you wanted to play Final Fantasy 14, you've played it by now. Yeah, in some form or fashion. Because I mean, isn't also PlayStation killing Xbox and consoles by like four to one or something like that? So like, the majority of people that are gonna have just a place or just an Xbox, but not a PlayStation, I feel is kind of small. So I don't know how many more people. I, I'm sure it's more than 17 that the call said, but like I don't expect like oh, we're gonna get a million more players. That's just, that's just unrealistic. If they get like 50 to 100 thousand new players off of this, I think that's a win. See, I think it's more of a building of future relationship thing. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. That too. could be the re that's the more too. return on investment that they're looking for. It's like, okay, yeah, maybe we'll yeah. pick up, you know, a few ten thousands of new players, and maybe they'll stick with us. Maybe they won't. Uh, you you will have people like stupid people like me that buy the software for multiple platforms, so they're going to make a little money off of me in this process anyway. Uh, even though it's a one-time thing instead of you know recurring a new sub but i think it's just like building that the the partnership between square enix and and uh, microsoft right phil spencer being on stage was a big moment um because they hadn't done so so many things in so long and so maybe that's where the return on investment is hey you know, not only is this game here coming out and it's on Xbox, but you could go back and play 14 too. That's available on Xbox if you wanted to. And then that's available and that's available. So maybe it's a more long-term play than a new potential new player-based play. I'm certain there will be new 14 players. I just don't know if, you know, a 10 years later, is that number worth the time and effort that went into putting it on that platform? Eh, but if you're looking at the long game between Square and Microsoft, maybe it is so that there's yeah. that track record of working together and things available on it. I'll be trying it. Will you Will you guys try it? Like, Tark, I'm really interested in you, actually, more than Flynn, because Flynn and I are primarily PC and we dabble on other things when we're doing goofy stuff. You play on PlayStation. Do you intend to play on Xbox at all? Like, is there a real reason for you to? No, because I don't even own one. And if I want to play an Xbox game, I'll just load up Game Pass. So, yeah, no, it, I won't be buying an Xbox 414. <laughs> yeah, that's the I'll thing, buy. too, right? Like anybody playing on consoles right now, they don't care. Yeah. Right? I mean, they're already playing on consoles. There's no reason to switch consoles, even if you own both, um, unless there's... You know, maybe you're playing on a PS4 and you don't own a PS5, so you're playing on the Xbox for the 4K. Like, maybe, like, there might be those oddball scenarios. Uh, like, for me, I've got my PS5 downstairs, my Xbox is upstairs in the bedroom. 
So it's like if I want to do some late night grinding, I'm in bed now. I can chill with. Well, yeah, that's where normally where you do that late night grinding is in bed. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it clean, Mike. Keep it clean. (laughs) Uh, That is clean for Mike. (laughs) Cha cha, got him. I get this. The series ass which I have, it's cheap as anything. Me and Tom was joking when he was uh, showing the new system requirements. It's like, yeah, you could buy a new graphics card that's eight nine hundred dollars, or just buy a PS5 or an Xbox and buy the game on top of that, and you're still got money left. Uh, in some yeah. of the interviews, and I'm sure we'll have next week's show and the week after, there's probably going to be more that's great. By the way, oh, hold on. I totally forgot. I want one of those fucking baseball jerseys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I saw cool. those. I saw those, uh, yeah, a couple months ago. Did they show them in London? No, they showed them as part of the pre-order for... Uh, JP Fan Fest uh, gear, and I was like, I really want those. I just don't have the money for them. Yeah, just, but yeah, I want I want both of them. <laughs> uh, I I kind of just want the dark one. Yeah, the dark because yeah. I'm like black mage, and it's black and purple and stuff. But it's sure. currently unavailable. <sighs> Sold out, Mister Sh- Mister Shot. Let me miss my. They'll they'll put it back. Those are gonna sell yeah. like crazy. Yeah, they'll sell. put them back just like the Pixel Remaster physical editions. Yeah, they look cool, but you can't bring yourself to wear video game gear in public. Nah, I don't care. I'm a dork. Oh, yeah. Um, I wear my nerd nerd them proudly. <laughs> hey, uh, so let's talk about the Famitsu uh, interview, Flynn. You wanted to bring that up, although in the show notes I had to go back and say you forgot the most important part of this interview. <laughs> the alpaca mount. Alpaca I mount confirmed. Confirmed. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, we said that when Flynn and I got together, like, because uh, they put that as one of the the key pieces of art uh, at the beginning of the, the keynote. And I'm like, oh yeah, collector's edition. We're getting a llama slash alpaca. Let's you know, can write that down. So yeah, yeah. But but Yoshi P did say he was like, maybe it'll carry around the Warrior of Light. <laughs> you know, like so. <laughs> yes, alpaca mount confirmed. Oh. They could do alpacas for uh, the next trials uh, drops. <laughs> so we'll get elemental alpacas. Uh, anyway, go ahead, Flynn. There was other stuff in the Famitsu interview you wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so I also linked uh, IQG's uh, tweet to this, which is more of a TLDR of everything. Uh, be mentioned in during the interview that Critias Basis Unit 3 is ready for the second Realm Reborn with the new era of 14. Ta-ta-ta. And He's got plans for 8.0, 9.0 that he doesn't want to tell the dev team yet to not give him stress. Yeah, could you imagine if that dude that left the company or got fired or whatever, and he's just like, fuck you, taking 8.0, 9.0, and 10.0 with me. Good luck, dogs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but the uh, part of the interview that I took away the most is that Yoshi P finally has things in place so he's not doing everything <laughs> anymore. There's people who could actually take some of the smaller roles away from him as the uh, director-producer. It's like, that guy, he came out so energetic in this fan fest. You could tell he's actually had some sleep these days. Yeah. He uh, would not dress up as the Pictomancer, though. He would not. Yeah. He was not willing. No. That was a bridge too far. I, I think he rock that. that was, <laughs> oh, my God. That was a bridge that, too far. I think within five minutes of him saying that, someone mocked up his face on the cosplayer. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Hey, the he special site the for 655 is updated as of this morning. So you've got new screenshots and information on 655. Of course, 
that'll be a big portion of next week's show when we're uh, kind of giving you our review on how it all finishes up. We're going to meet a new friend. The voice actress who uh, does the voiceover work is like so thrilled to be working there. I saw I saw them tweet out um, or post something somewhere about you know playing the game for such a long time and now being uh, on the the voice acting team there. So that's very cool. Uh, we will yeah, of 1. course that. yeah we will of course review uh, all the patch contents on next week's show. Uh, let's finish up with some other Square Enix news, gentlemen. First up, Square Enix donating a little under $350,000 to the Japanese Red Cross uh, to support people affected by the Noto Peninsula earthquake. I've seen other companies do this too, so I don't want to shortchange any other companies. But since this is a Square Enix podcast, wanted to make sure that we pointed out that they have made that donation uh, it's like 50 million yen, so it's just shy of $350,000. Uh, the company says that this uh, donation is noted for the earliest possible recovery of the affected areas. I love when companies that I support do stuff like this and then also don't harass their employees, so that's very yeah. cool. Um, yeah. It was always good to see. <laughs> Lord. Yeah, I was saying to talk when we was watching live that uh, I, I'm expecting us to get an announcement that on the JP data centers that housing demolition will be turned off for a while. Oh, yeah. Because they always, yeah, they always do that. They, they always do that type of stuff. Uh, in the New Year letter, <laughs> remember two years ago was quite blockchain-y, if you remember. Yeah. Last year, also blockchain-y. Also Blockchain. Every time we hear from Kiryu, it's blockchain. <laughs> and this year's New Year's letter did have some blockchain mentioned in it, but it was way secondary. Like it was, it was way like just secondary. a few little small mentions of it, not nearly as uh, prevalent as it was this uh, the previous years. But in Takashi Kiryu's letter this year, they did tackle a different topic that you might have questionable feelings about depending on your profession and your just general point of view here. Q, uh, uh, Flynn, uh, Tark, I'm like sitting Tark. here looking at both of you. Tark, Square <laughs> Enix plans to, <laughs> quote, aggressively use AI. Yeah. Artificial intelligence and its potential implications had for some time largely been subjects of academic debate However, the introduction of ChatGPT, interesting that they give a nod uh, by name to ChatGPT, um, considering that being sued by the New York Times. Uh, however, the introduction of ChatGPT, which allows anyone to easily produce writing or translations or to engage in text-based dialogue, sparked the rabid spread of generative AIs. I believe that generative AI has the potential not only to reshape what we create, but also to fundamentally change the process by which we create, including programming. And when they went on to talk into some more details here, uh, while they were scant, they did kind of reframe that as in, well, we don't know if we really want to use this to create content, but right now what we're really interested in is how this can change the way we actually produce games, streamline processes in the back end of things. But... You did put that mention out there for things like translations and other things, which I'm sure makes 
localization teams not very happy. So what do you think of Square Enix's kind of, we're going to aggressively use this in some way? It screams at me of a company that, and I talked to Flynn about this before the show, like back in the day, they were the cutting edge of like graphics, cutting edge of, of gameplay changes um, and experiences. Cutscenes from them were just top notch. Like you could expect the best in cutscenes. Um, and I feel like they're just trying to grab a hold of any new technology to somehow leap them forward to be at the top of something again, um, whether that be from blockchain and uh, NFTs uh, now to AI, where at least with AI, I think there is potentially in the future, maybe not right now, for it to be a, a big part of technology and, and moving things forward. So getting ahead of this probably feels a lot better than blockchain and NFTs. Um, I, I just, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop where they're going to like, okay, we're going to sell a couple companies to get 300, 300 million so we can fund our, our uh, AI ventures now. So um, I feel dismissive of Square in the last couple of years is because they've made some really dumb choices. <laughs> Uh, Baron saying the Screen Actors Guild just approved AI, so get ready for it. I, I wonder if you could provide a little more context because the Screen Actors uh, Guild. I can get you a link on that. The Screen Actors Guild. Con are you talking about the contract with video game companies or with movies? Yeah, that one. Uh, it's the with, gaming voice actors. With the gaming one? Union deal. Yeah, yeah, and there is a lot of blowback on that one right now, oh, particularly yeah. from voice actors who are wondering. Who the hell were the working professional voice actors that were okay with this? Yeah, because I, I don't want to get too far into it. If if that's what you're talking about, yes, I I very well we wrote it up on MMO Bomb yesterday, so I'm I'm with you. But I don't know, man. That wasn't exactly the contract that I thought it was going to be, particularly after seeing how SAG-AFTRA had gotten what they needed from the movie companies. Yeah. I was like, oh, the video game companies will probably fall in line here. Let me ask you this, Flynn. I don't know how you personally feel about AI, so let me frame the question. Would you, or are you okay with gaming companies like Square Enix saying, <clears throat> you know, when it, when it comes to text translation, not voiceover, because then that's yeah. kind of a different talent, right? And AI just still yeah. sounds funny in everybody's ears, right? Uh, yeah. To a certain degree. But like, hey, we could use AI to take all these thousands of pages of Japanese text and give us the English version. And it's going to be much more reliable than like just throwing something in Google Translate and having those Google foo stupid mistakes and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Like it's going to be good. It'll translate. Nobody will notice. There won't be spelling mistakes, grammatical errors you would not notice. But it also means we no longer need an English localization team. Are you OK with that? Uh, in that scenario, no. I think that doing it for that purpose, but still having someone there to oversee and making sure. Well, yeah, I mean, you would keep one or two people there to read the final copy. Because this is something yeah. that's happening in the anime industry currently using yep. AI for translation because so much context and uh, meaning of what's being translated is so lost uh, being brought into the West that they need uh, the anime companies are taking it back so they can control the product more but with companies like Square Enix where you know you're paying a localization team who works hand in hand 
with the rest of the language department so everything works out the correct way. Yeah, take some pressure off, sure, but do it in an ethical manner. I mean, companies are always looking to save money, though, right? Like, if they yeah. can save money, yeah. make a little more money, produce things faster, you want games to come out faster? Okay, Tark, here's a way for games to come out faster, right? The six months that we oh. would spend on localization, we can spend one month on localization now, or, you know, two months, or whatever. We can cut it down to a fraction of what it is. And then if we apply AI in this way, like, uh, let's program behaviors, sure. You know, uh, into NPCs, we can cut down development time, produce a high-end product, one that you're going to enjoy playing. But instead of employing 2,000 people, now we employ 1,000. Are you okay yeah. with that? No, but, I mean, if that's the more efficient way of going about it, then, I mean, that's just the way it's going to have to be. Like, Because you can bet you the price of the game isn't going yeah. down. Yeah, yeah, that's um, that's true too. So as long as it's the most efficient, you're not sacrificing on quality. Like I understand that, but I bet everyone better buckle their seatbelts for everyone laying off hundreds, if not thousands, of people because AI is taking their jobs. So, and we have seen this. Like this isn't new. This is just the latest version yep. of it, right? Yeah. Like you yep. go back and you look at how painstakingly. Uh, painstaking it was to do pixel art and then yeah. computer processes allowed that to not have to be the case you did not have to have 12 artists you could have six artists uh because they could do it in half the time now or and we have always had progress like that right i mean the jump to in computing over the last 30 to 40 years has just been massive by itself just straight computing power uh, behind all of the units. This happens, right? The the car industry, now machines can do X, Y, and Z, so we only need two-thirds of the staff we used to have because these machines... That sucks, right? Being laid off sucks. I've been there. It's awful. Having to find a new job sucks. I've been there. It's awful. No doubt. But if these tools can improve those processes, are you okay with it? You were the last time it happened. Maybe you weren't okay on that day or that week or maybe even that year, but eventually it became accepted, it right? Yeah. yeah, it becomes the norm. And there are people that lose their jobs and livelihoods in that process, and that sucks. Now, where I think this one varies a little bit, to me, there is a big difference in a process that makes creating an art asset, Flynn, easier and faster for me as the artist. Years ago, I had to draw it by hand. Then we had to scan it. We had to do all this stuff. Now I can go into Photoshop, bip, bap, bip, bap, bip, and I can make three in the time it used to take me one to make one, right? Oh, yeah. But I still needed the artist. Yep. AI has to learn based off of things that already exist. Our language, our writing, our artwork. And it has to be fed all of that stuff to then output something in a meaningful way. And you may not always get a meaningful thing, right? It's not there yet, but it'll get better and better over time. Or, or you'll get a copy of someone else's work. Or you get a copy of somebody else's work, 
or something that is so close to somebody else's work that it's indistinguishable, even if the algorithm says it is slightly different uh, in key ways. I think there's a big difference between those general technological advancements I was talking about. Robots can do this portion of the car faster than humans. Right. But if the robots needed to learn this process to create the car, that's a little different to Cal saying, but people already do that. When you take Freshman Art 101, they show you Picasso and they say, hey, look at that, learn from this. Right, but then that person is not going out and creating copies of Picasso's work to sell. They're using Picasso's work to learn techniques that they then apply to their own individual art style. And, and yeah, you're always going to have the knuckleheads that copy things and try to make counterfeits. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about your general artists. Your general artists will learn about Impressionism and, and all the different art eras and then use those techniques in their own art style. And that's happened with video games, too. You don't copy Miyamoto and the 8-bit wonders. You use those techniques to create your own. AI doesn't have that create your own. It's always an amalgamation of other people's work. And whether that's a key difference or not, I don't know, Tark, because the laws are going to take a while to catch up on this one, just like they oh, do yeah. with all tech. But if I don't expressly give my permission for my work to be included in an AI's learning, is that AI stealing my work? I don't know. I have no idea. Stealing my work? Is it stealing my voice? Right. Uh, is this stealing my ideas? Uh, yeah, it's shit's gonna get uh, weird. Right. Uh, it's gonna get weird. To my brain. Play your slopes. Yeah, the thing in my brain is with us humans, when we mimic something or try to reproduce something, there's a still a part of ourselves that we put into whatever we do. But there's a spark of humanity, no matter how we copy. There's always that individualism because of our brains always think separately to each other. With artificial intelligence, it, it's trying to perfectly replicate something, and that's where it loses itself. So using AI to speed up processes for us to advance easier, sure. To outright mimic or reproduce, I think that's where I don't agree with it. Uh, again, back to what I said about And it's a huge gray area. Both, yeah, both ethically, morally, financially, like, you know, do do I want them to have AI that in, it makes back-end processing more efficient? Well, on the surface, you kind of go, well, yeah, right. Like, that's putting the robots that can put the doors on the cars, and now people don't have to do it, and you can do 40 cars in the time it took you to do 10. That seems good. And then when you think about other aspects of it, okay, well, we don't need artists. Well, I don't know. Like, what does that look like? What does a game look like where none of the art was created by an actual human? What does that look like? And is that something you'd be interested in seeing, playing, purchasing? I don't know. I don't I don't know the answer. I'm waiting for reviewers to, to figure that right. out. <laughs> Uh, hey, Dragon Quest Tact is going to shut down. Uh, this might be a new oh. record, though. A mobile Square game that made it three years. Well, Lord, almost right? three years, yeah. Almost. The next up is Near Reincarnation, right? <laughs> 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 
Probably. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Uh, and the uh, you Ape- just know when it dies, it's canon to Nia. <laughs> right. Apex Legends started its Final Fantasy VII Rebirth crossover. We talked about that previously. I covered it on MMO Bomb this week as well. But all is not well in uh, in Midgar in Apex Legends, Flynn, huh? Uh, definitely not, especially when I first... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it got better it. than it was initially, it's, it but it's still slightly. not great. <laughs> so, yeah, this event comes with 36 uh, luxury items or legendary, whatever Apex calls it, and you need all 36 items to get uh, a one-winged angel skin for your loadout boxes you could buy. But to do all that would have cost you before they reduced it $360 to do. They have reduced prices down a little. If you got less than a certain amount of the legendaries, they're giving you one legendary for free. You can, you know, multiply, but it's still, I think someone worked out $260 to get everything. It's wow. Gotcha world is silly. (laughs) It is. (sighs) Let's go do love it or leave it. Yeah. I feel like you're right, Final Max. Final Max in chat, by the way, saying, my answer is that AI art-generated game would look like it was designed by the executive suite of a company, but not by anyone who plays games. I feel like like that's, and I don't want to belabor this point, but I feel like you're you're dead on. Like That's the way it works in my brain, too. And maybe, and Takal and I have had this discussion offline, too, uh, outside of the the podcast, just chatting last week on MMO Bomb, where it's like right now it will get better over time, but there's always going to be a piece of AI that just doesn't feel or look or sound quite right. Like right now, it's really easy sometimes because hands are just an absolute nightmare for most AI models to make hands. Eventually, yeah. that won't be the case, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah, I mean, look at Square Enix history. They have soulless. trouble making hands too. Yeah, well, <laughs> an idea in my head. Uh, watching, uh, oh, I think it was Gaming Gumbo with that one game that came out recently that was an absolute shit show because uh, the, <laughs> the marketing team didn't know what the devs were doing versus what the executives actually wanted out of the game, and that just sounds like what AI games are going to be. Uh, welcome to Love It or Leave It. This is the segment where we, we end every episode of the Relic Grind here. It's where I give you something Square Enix related. Could be a game, a feature in a game, a press release, something they've done, said, or even tangentially related to Square Enix because it's my show and I get to do whatever the hell I want. And I ask you whether you love it, want more of it, leave it, never going to see it again. We're done with FanFest. We're in the bag. It's been some ups and downs on some of our feedback as we go along, but I want to know, lock it in now because you're not really going to get much besides some supplemental information about things between now and media the launch tour. of Dawn Trail. Yeah, you're going to get supplemental information from the media tour. Like, you'll see the class play a little bit. But you already know what the class is. So now, how do you feel about Dawn Trail as a whole if I made you decide right now that you absolutely love it or you're not going to enjoy it and you got to leave it? Tark, what do you got? Uh, oof. It's a toughie. Something brand new as far as... Yeah, it's a toughie. It's something brand new from a story. Whole new part of the world that we've known is there, but just never explored. 
the re-inclusion of field operation zones, which I thought was sorely lacking in Endwalker. I, I've, I'm feeling like a love it at the moment. Uh, that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm, I'm po more positive about the expansion than I was previously. Flynn? Oh, it's a love it for me. I can't wait to explore Yorktral and uh, what's it? Exactral. Seeing this, you know, Mesopotamic America into this futuristic uh, Final Fantasy 7, 8, 9 crossover city. Yeah, I'm, I'm hype. Yep, I'm all yep. for it. Give me story. You've got a full Lord scenario writer on board. I'm good. So there's an awful lot that I'm super interested in to get my hands on. So do not get me wrong when I say this. I can't wait to play Pictomancer. I can't wait for the uh, the Venadiel Alliance raid. I can't wait for seeing a new place and seeing where this story is going. But based on the information I have right now, I'd have to say leave it. Not because I don't love this game and I'm I'm absolutely going to play it and stay subbed and give you this show. It's a wonderful game. But I got to say leave it because I just feel like the tenor of the fan fests kind of left me with if I didn't play Final Fantasy 14 already and see this and I saw these fan fests, I would go, I don't I don't really see anything different or new or compelling Obviously, story is going to play a huge part in that, and I don't expect them to show that type of stuff at FanFest, so maybe it's a little unfair to gauge it that way, but spacing it, basing it strictly on the FanFest, I'm going to leave it, but I'm certainly looking forward to playing it. I will say maybe this is the best way to sum it up. This is not the expansion that I've been hyped for the most, and in most cases... The current upcoming expansion was the one I was hyped for the most. <laughs> I don't feel that way with Dawn Trail. I'm not disappointed by it either. So maybe call me a fence sitter, but since I have to pick one, I'm going to go with leave it with some optimism, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. That's going to do it for this episode of... The Relic Grind, Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix podcast. We'll be back next week, of course, to review 655, and hopefully we'll have some more information from different interviews and things like that on Dawn Trail. Chat, don't go anywhere, though. Right after the show, we've got Lady Faye coming up. She's back. What's up, Faye? Happy New Year. What up? Happy New Year, everybody. How y'all doing? Good. Good. She? Good. Good. Healthy. Still breathing. Excellent. I got the C2024. I got a birthday coming up. It's gonna everything Steelers? goes for it. Steelers in the playoffs. Steelers snuck their goofy ass into the playoffs. <laughs> like, so did the Packers. So I, I watched oh, and no. I was like, the Pack snuck in too. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, Sometimes you need a mat expansion for the devs to cool down. Oh, Max, I don't know if I agree. <laughs> I feel like they got their cool down in the six dot one through dot five oh, yeah. five. <laughs> like that's where the cool down should have been. Uh, Faye, what are you playing tonight? Is it back to BG3? We are. I, I'm showing commitment to this game because I love <laughs> it, uh, despite all of my indecision in it. So, yes, we are back for another round. I'm pretty sure something interesting is happening. I'm pretty sure I'm somewhere I'm dying. So it'll be a good time. Stay tuned. Chat, give us a minute. We'll take everything down, bring it back up, and Faye will be there. We'll be back next week. Until then, Flynn, where can everybody find you? Uh, you can find me over on Twitch at Within Crisis. You can find me on YouTube at Within Crisis Podcast, which will come back in a few months when my buddy is back from traveling. <laughs> but in the meantime, I will be shaking my dice, hoping for some Nat 20 rolls for Faye. Dark.
Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, all at Tarkov Gaming. Uh, find me playing Final Fantasy 14 most of the time. A little bit of Dash of Diablo. Uh, then on Ready Check Radio Saturday nights, you can find me uh, currently neck deep in the Remedyverse. We're in playing Control right now. Oh, Control is one of my favorite games, man. I platted Love that it. when it came out. Such a great game. I'm Mike Byrne. That's not right. You can follow me right there at Magic Man 1, but more importantly, that's why you check those slides before you start the show. Follow at RC Radio so you'll know every time we go live with the podcast, the stream, and everything else. Until next week, gang. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Later. Amazing slides. Selfish show back.